Hello and welcome to the Race IndyCar podcast. My name is Jack Benyon, American editor at The Race, and a warm welcome to our friend Roman Grosjean. How are you doing, Roman? How's the road tripping going? And thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Hey, guys. Well, it's, it's going well, you know, discovering the US, well, a small part of the US, because when you start driving around the country, you realize how big it is, you know, uh, and if you, you, you drive, I don't know, we we would drive about 4,000 kilometers by the end of the road trip, and we've we've done only a small part of it. Yeah, it's been great to see your your travels, Roman, and uh, your kind of named your RV Raul, and that's keeping you uh, keeping you company across your <laughs> across your travels. And it's been great to see your um, all the fire department T-shirts people have been giving you and stuff like that. It seems like the fans have really kind of bought into this idea of of the Phoenix and kind of the, the, you know, your background story and, and that kind of thing. It seems like you've been really well supported by those guys. Yeah, it's been incredible. Everywhere we've been going, I mean, Chicago being a crazy city for me, I, I must be doing 15 selfies a day and people are coming and talking to me and it's it's so nice. You know, they're just coming, they say, oh, thanks for coming to the US, thanks for doing IndyCar, we're so glad you're right. And I mean, it, it, it's just incredible to have that support here in the US and, uh, yeah, Raul, you know, our RV, uh, he went on Route 66 for a bit, which was, a, you know, kind of a big day for him. Uh, and, uh, you know, just just going around the country. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the fire thing, I'm, I'm, I love it, but it's following me as well. So I did that uh, picture in front of the Gorgon Avenue in Indianapolis. And I didn't even realize that behind me, they were an advert for firefighters. <laughs> and then I, I put it on, on social and then people are saying, have you seen the advert behind? And I look at it. I say, oh my goodness, there it is. And uh, I mean, I joke about it. I, I love it. It's fun. And uh, people have been really nice. And, and my collection of t-shirts is getting bigger and bigger. How many are you up to now? Do you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll say 10 or so, yeah. uh, which is cool. And uh, I guess there'll be more coming uh, at the races. <laughs> Um, but it that has been great, and you know I'm having a lot of fun here in the US. It, it's a uh, it's a good atmosphere. It's really chilled between the drivers. Uh, the other day at the uh, gate, we test first time in the oval. Scott McLaughlin came on the, comes on the pit lane in his rental car. And I was with my daughter, and he says, "Do you want to hop in for uh, a ride?" So I said, "Oh yeah, sure." So we went doing the track walk or drive, whatever you know, together, and he was giving me some some tips and. Uh, you know, I was like, that was super cool. Uh, just because we're not racing for the same team, we competitors, but it's like, yeah, just just jump in and you know, if you're faster than me, great. If I'm faster than you, great. So uh, I like that atmosphere. Awesome. We should probably get onto some serious business talking about your your test. Obviously, it's an IndyCar podcast, and we should talk about some IndyCar. As ever, my uh, co-host JR Hildebrand is here to keep me in check and provide some sense for the podcast. So, JR, it's good to have you back. <laughs> yeah, good to be back, man. Thanks, Jack. Um, and great to have you back, Ramon. Um, great to see you making your oval test debut recently at Gateway. Um, can you give us some context as a driver um, who hasn't done this before? Um, how are your first few laps and just, you know, sort of how alien was the Indy car to drive versus how it is elsewhere? I've, I've always thought, you know, when you're getting in the car on a road course versus an oval, they feel like two completely different animals, uh, particularly just right out of the pits. There's so many things that are a little bit different. Um, so walk us through that, that sort of initial experience after having driven on road and street circuits for this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, going in an oval, it was all brand new and, and a huge discovery for me. You know, when I jumped in IndyCar to learn the car, but then I knew that you had to brake late and go on throttle early in the corner to go fast. Whilst on, on ovals, I, I had no idea what to expect. And, and as you say, you leave the pit and then the car doesn't want to go straight. 
uh, turns to the left on his own, and then your stingwood is completely to the right, not straight. And then uh, I had that um, that padding for the neck on the side, so you, your head is always a bit twisted on the left. So I did my first run, and then I was completely twisted and didn't feel comfortable. So I say to the boys, I say, "Oh, let's remove that padding. I don't need it," you know, after doing Formula One. And I did a couple of runs without the padding, and then I came back in and said, "I need the padding now. <laughs> my neck is gone." Uh, and it's just finding that that sweet spot where you know everyone was telling me the car drive itself. And what does it mean when you race the car driver? You know, no, I drive the car. You know, I force it to go in and out with my braking and my throttle and so on. So I didn't really know what to expect. And then eventually, by the end of the day, um, I started to have that feeling where yes, you decide the speed that you want to carry through the corner, but the car decides why it's going to go in a line and and getting, you know, you need to, it's almost you that follow the car rather than than forcing it, uh, which which is very, very different from everything we've done before. And then, and then you do 200 miles an hour, which is not fast for an oval, but still feels fast. And you've got walls everywhere. So every time you go in the corner, you know, you don't, you know, you can't make mistakes. It just has to, to be under control and, and making sure that, you know, your rear end is sticks in and so on. So it, it's been, it's been a really good day. Uh, I wish I had a bit more uh, to prepare obviously for the racing gateway, but, um, but I think gateway as the race would be a big test for me. And, uh, we're just going to keep learning and keep improving uh, because, as I say, it's, it is very different from everything I've done before. And, again, if, if anyone thinks it's just turning left and, and being flat out and it's easy, um, they must come on it and, and they will discover that it's, uh, it is very, very unique and, and requires some skills. So I guess as a, as a quick follow-up to that, I mean, a lot of things that are different. Was there anything specific that surprised you the most? Um, I, w- I would say that's, you know, it's, it's finding that confidence in the car and building from there. And it's it's being driven by the rear right wheel uh, that does most of the, the job for you. And, and, you know, it's almost like, you know what the car can do. So you do it and then you build your confidence to that stage. And then you say, OK, now the car can do a little bit more. And then you go to that stage, you force a bit yourself to go to that stage. And then you build your confidence there. And it's it's increasing uh, that way. Um, one of the funny things is every time I jumped out of the car, I couldn't stand up because I was so dizzy and uh, my head were, were turning and they were all laughing at me, uh, telling me it was normal for the first time, but I, I, it was it wasn't good looking when I was jumping out of the car. Well, and so I guess talk about that a little bit, just the, the sort of physical experience of driving on an oval. You mentioned about the head pads. Uh, it's something that, you know, every every driver, I was going to say, I don't think even a Formula One neck can quite stand up to that. But, um, you know, just the physical sort of experience, the steering, you know, all of those things. And and talk a little bit about how, you know, you're you're so used to on a road and street course, you know, the car is moving around a little bit. You're sort of trusting trusting your gut and your and your rear end to to give you a feel for the car so just talk us through a little bit of that experience over the course of the day well yes physically it's it's super different because it's all you know on it's only turning left so my right feet was the side of my right feet was hurting a little bit uh, at the end of the day from being on the on the throttle pedal and being pushed on, on you know on the outside with the g-force uh, same thing with your right elbow normally on the on the road course my left elbow is getting smashed but that time it was only the right one just because the g-force is is going that way and uh then yeah the car i mean i went out we we made a setup change and i went out and did a couple of laps and then in turn one um 
a bit of a snap. So my engineer just just call me in and say, uh, Roma, just just spit now. I don't like what I've seen on the data. And I'm like, okay, why is that? He says because when you have that on an oval, you don't you don't want that, you know. So that was all learning about for me. It was like, okay, what you know, what can I do? What can I fight? And what can I just not deal with? And and you know, novel if the car is not good, it, there's no much you can do. And that's definitely something. One of the first thing that you realize if the car is not is not good, there's no way you're gonna you're gonna fa- go fast. And you know, lap time was 25 seconds. You make a small setup change, you lose your confidence, and you lost a second and a half. And you're like, how can I lose a second and a half? There's two corners and it's 25 seconds but no just to, when the confidence goes that's it it's game over I guess um, you know it seems like you, you were quite happy relatively where you got to in the end Roman after that test I mean is is Gateway somewhere that you'll feel confident going to to attack straight away now when, when you head there next month or is it still something that you feel like there's a you know a bit of element of learning and a bit of adaptation that you, you kind of still need to do there what, what can we expect from from you when it comes to Gateway and, and your approach well, there's definitely a lot, lot of learning that I still need to do. Uh, luckily, I was able to run in traffic at the end of the day, which was good, you know, uh, to see how to get the momentum uh, and, and how to pass the guy in front of you. Um, so that was good exercise, but um, definitely, you know, it, it's tough and qualifying it. It's two laps, um, average of two laps that you, you get. So, uh, and you don't have that much practice. Um, so, you know, I think the day was very good. Uh, but I feel like before race one of the season, I'm not fully ready for it. Um, I guess, you know, you become a kind of an expert and you can see that Elio Castroneves won the Indy 546 years old because uh, he's got all the experience and, and, and you know, it's doing great. So maybe it would go well. Maybe it would be more difficult and uh, we'll need to, to learn about it. Definitely, you know, there's, there's loads of things that you need to think of playing with your tools, just stopping on your pit box because the car is so twisted that you do want to put like a soft bar and a weight jacker and then you go again on track on cold tires so the front bars to go stiff again and you know you don't want any oversteer so it's all you know routine stuff like that that you need to be um, on top of but um i mean i'm i'm very much looking forward to it uh it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great experience great challenge and um i think it can be really fun so looking ahead a little bit and and just thinking about this test and kind of the motivation for it how much of it is is just being here, being in the IndyCar series, seeing that it's something that's going on that that you're you're not doing, and just kind of wanting to try it to for the sake of trying something new? Um, and how much of it maybe is is thinking ahead about you know getting a full time gig in the IndyCar series, and, and obviously racing ovals being a necessity for that? Well, both I would say you know both because every time I speak with a driver, most of them are telling me that oval is is the best thing, and they love it absolutely. And right now, if you ask me, I still prefer road courses. Uh, but maybe, you know, uh, some of them just, it's funny because, you know, different people, different text messages say it will grow on you. You know, everyone says it will, it will, you know, you will love it by the end more than you think you you will, um, which I'm looking forward to to discover. Uh, and then obviously the opposite is, uh, on the other side is that, um, yes, I, uh, you know, I've enjoyed my time in IndyCar. Uh, I'll be looking at, doing more of it and I've won every championship that I competed in apart from Formula One so I would love to have that one on my my you know uh, in, in the wall at home and uh, and uh, to do that you need to be you need to do all the, the races so um, you know it, it's not every not nothing is, is done in stone right now but obviously there is 
you know, there is certain appetite uh, from me to to raise the full season and um, and try to win the championship. Yeah, I guess it's interesting to kind of get a, a window into your mind, Roman, about how you're kind of thinking about all this because obviously it's a, a changing thing, and you, I think you've approached. I think everyone will think that you've approached the year in a really sensible way. You know, you chose what you were going to do at the start of the year and you, you, you've never ruled anything out or, you know, said no to, to anything. It's always been never say never. That's your favourite kind of catchphrase, isn't it, for, for this season? But what, what does this mean moving forward now and how much have you learned about your family and, and yourself after after the gateway test? Does this mean you can start looking towards, you know, committing to a 500? That's the question you're always going to be asked by the American media but yeah I guess just in general you know how close are you now to feeling like you're ready to to kind of commit to this full time now well I don't know there's there's few you know there's moving parts in there um obviously my family being a big part of it um the way we we see the life and, and you know if we can come and, and live in the U.S. with the whole family this year has been incredibly good and fun and like a reverse, complete reverse of, of me loving motorsports uh, as as I used to, uh, but also been tough. You know, sometimes I was away from home, from home for like a month and not seeing my family, and um, and that was that was hard. So that that is one thing that I you know I was ready to do for this year, take that challenge. But for the future, like that, we uh, we have more together. Uh, so we we relocating the family will be having a you know uh, the chance to be in a car that um, that can win the championship, uh, and, and then obviously having that that conversation with um, with all the family and, and say, look guys, are we are we okay to do it? Um, from what I heard, they, there's going to be two speedways next year, and maybe a touch more ovals, but short track. Uh, so um, you know. Um, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. I'm just uh, just saying that you know we we need to see what are the opportunities uh, and uh, and what, what can we make can we make it happen with with my family and and um, and from there uh, go for it. And it'd be kind of great to hear what your I guess a big part of that is is you know where you race next year and obviously there's plenty of speculation at this point Roman you, you've done so well in the first half of the season that it was always going to be the case that you know there was going to be other teams interested in you and that there was going to be lots of kind of rumour and speculation around what's going to happen next year for you, not just with doing the full season, but also where you'll race as well. So kind of give us a an insight into what you're thinking at the minute. Are you are you kind of in discussions with other teams or are you kind of happy where you are? Or, or where, where's that kind of lie right now? What's Roman Grosjean thinking in that kind of aspect at the minute? Yeah, I mean, they, obviously, yes, the, the first half of the season went really well and uh, it's been it's been great to you know, to leave that. And, and it's been uh, also nice to see that there's a lot of interest from uh, the teams uh, around me. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you've when you been fighting for the last position for a couple of years, a few years, it's just great to be able to be back and, and you know, having that uh, appetite from the top teams and to uh, to come and, and, and have you. Um, so that's been incredible. Uh, I'm also having a really good time at Dale Corn Racing. Uh, Dale is, is an incredible racer. Uh, you know, I think he's he's brought some really good talent in IndyCar. He's got a he's got a good nose to find the guys that could do well. Uh, and he wasn't when I talked to him the first time. He wasn't so interested about my Formula One career. He was more interested about my Formula Three and Formula Two or GP2 at the time. And what I've done there, because he's like, yeah, you know, those are the same car for everyone. I know they're similar to an IndyCar, and I know what you can do there. And then obviously Formula One is is great and you know it's incredible to be there. But if you don't have the right car, it, it just there's just no nothing you can do. Um, so yeah, I mean there's few discussions. Nothing is is 
as I say, nothing is is written in stone yet. So uh, wait and see. Um, and and then once you know once things uh, start to uh, to unfold, then uh, that's where I'm gonna have the conversation with my wife and said, look, you know, this is the opportunity I have uh, at the car I'll be in. Can I win the championship or not in there? And if so, are we happy for me to do the full season? It's it's nice. I guess you kind of touched on it a little bit there when you when you were talking about the the element of you know people just generally being interested in you and and you know kind of respecting your performances because you know I think it's fair to say you weren't really given the opportunity to do that necessarily in Formula One and you know it was a it was a difficult kind of end to to Formula One for for your career which obviously you've talked about before and we don't need to go too much into but it just must be nice for you now to to feel kind of respected and and valued where you are and to to show that you you know you can do this and you are in that top group and and, and that top group of drivers that deserves to be you know racing for the for the top teams pretty much yeah it's it's, it's really nice and uh, you know i think there's one thing that probably my story will uh, will put forward is that you uh, you should never lose self confidence and you know that's something that is very easy to to do um especially when you don't have the right car and you fight it back and you know, initially, you know, it's not you as the car, but after a while, three years in Formula One is about 60 races. So imagine being 60 times at the back, you, you start, you know, doubting a bit. And uh, then I got that chance, that opportunity to come in the US and race. And suddenly I'm like, oh, yeah, third race, I'm on pole position. And everyone is like, oh, my goodness, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I knew I was fast. And all my engineers from Haas, they were like, yes, you know, uh, they were the first one to tell me that I was going to do fine. Because uh, some of them have been working in IndyCar before. And we've got Gary Gannon. He came from the uh, the US. Ernesto Desiderio, he, he also worked in, in IndyCar. So they're like, we, we know you're going to do well. And, uh, you know, they were like the first one to to trust me for, for doing great. And um, I was like, yes. I mean, you know, we uh, with Kevin, we were doing an incredible job for Haas. That wasn't really seen as such, uh, just because the car was what it was. Um, but then, you know, Kevin has been su- super successful in, in sports car, uh, with Ganassi and I've been doing pretty well in IndyCar and it's just, it's just great to do that. So I think, yeah, the story is that, you know, uh, don't lose self-confidence, just do it for yourself and, uh, and have fun. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I guess, you know, moving back to IndyCar and, and we'll, we'll quit bugging you about what you're going to do next year. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> we've seen you, you know, you, we've seen you sort of attack every element of racing in, in the IndyCar series this year, whether it's in and out laps, restarts, saving fuel, you know, the, the sort of braking technique of this particular car, um, you know, and, and you've, you've warmed up to all of these things sort of immediately and shown a degree of just excellence, you know, really across the board without, uh, you know, obviously this is still your rookie year. I mean, there's not, not a lot of time in the car, all things considered. Um, where do you think just looking ahead for, to, let's say to the rest of this year, just to the road and street circus, we know obviously going to gateway, you know, thinking long-term about ovals, there's a lot of, a lot for you to think about and, and continue to improve on. But for the rest of the races beyond gateway this year, you know, do you think there's still, is there still a turn of speed that you feel like you've yet to unlock? Is there, you know, is there any particular area where you think that your next breakthrough is going to come from? Well, yes, I'm sure there's, there's, you know, few areas where we can improve. I am lucky to have the engineer that I have, Olivier Boisson. We've got a very good relationship. Uh, we, we both are French, which makes it, you know, kind of easier 
uh, on the communication side and the emotion side, uh, which I guess we understand each other very well. But also he's got a, an incredible experience in IndyCar and he's been able to guide me through what we should do and what we shouldn't do and, and what the setup changes are. And, and we understand each other very well. I still think sometimes, you know, we we can, it's, I feel like the hardest part in IndyCar is to understand what the track is going to do over the next session. And I give you the example of Mid-Ohio. I think even Scott Dixon got caught in the race by the fact that the, all the car became very loose. And it was the same for me and really struggling with the, the oversteer that we weren't expecting at a warm-up. The car was amazing. And then you go on the race next day, it's the same track temp, but just the car is not quite doing the same. So it's just staying on top of those uh, change of, of conditions and what's, what set of change you can make. So you, you can really make it to a way you love it or another way where you just, you're just not happy driving it. Uh, it doesn't mean it's any slower, but for your driving style, it just doesn't quite work. So, you know, it is, there are small details. Uh, it can be a rear roll center. It can be, you know, uh, the, the way you apply your brake pressure. Um, you know, there aren't one second changes on the car, but when you get there wrong, the, the second you lose it, just because you can't drive it the way you would like to. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, well, we can't let you go without talking about the next round at Nashville. So what's it's a new track for everybody. Do you think that that does that like, uh, we, you know, we've heard Jimmy Johnson talk about the fact that, you know, coming into an event that nobody really knows, maybe that's a bit of an advantage. Do you look at it that way? Or do you think, you know, we're all just here, you know, you've, you've obviously shown yourself to be plenty competitive at the tracks that other guys have more experience at already this year. How are you looking ahead to Nashville, and and do you consider that to be a competitive advantage coming into an event that that nobody's seen before? Um, I'll put it slightly differently. I would say I'm not at disadvantage, uh, so I'm I'm on equal right. terms with everyone because we're all going to discover the, the track. Uh, it looks it looks really good. I've been on a simulator with HPD uh, in in Indianapolis, and we've been doing a fair bit of work there. Uh, they've, they've done a good job on you know, uh, getting the track as soon as they could and, and making sure that it's as representative as it gets. Um, it, it's it's definitely going to be a tough one. Uh, it is it is challenging. It is bumpy. It is the bridge and then those big braking with, with lateral G-forces and then those very, very low speed sections uh, uh, and, and tiny and twisted and quite a bit of elevation change. Uh, but that's, that's really good. And I'm looking forward to it uh, to see what, what it's like, you know, uh, and uh, I think maybe on street course, it's somewhere we can still improve a little bit the car. I don't think we, you know, we, we are as strong as, as we are in some other places. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And actually, I'm looking forward to all of the races, you know, then coming back to Indi- Indianapolis and running same weekend as NASCAR. And obviously, there's Gateway, my first oval, and then we're on the West Coast. So I saw some of the t- team tested in Portland. Um, I'm looking forward to discover that one as well. And then uh, Laguna and Long Beach to finish the season. So, really, I'm you know I'm I'm happy to go anywhere. Um, I don't mind if I have a disadvantage or not. The the only track I didn't test on this year was Indy GP. So my first laps were free practice when we were here, and I was on pole, and you know didn't wasn't far off winning the race. So I guess it was it was okay uh, in that aspect. And uh, Portland is the one that I don't know neither. And then obviously Long Beach, uh, but being a straight course, so. Um, you know, it's still going to be fun and nice. And, and I just want to, you know, to 
try to go fast and without trying to think, you know, have I got an advantage or disadvantage? I don't, I don't care. It is what it is. It's like the weather. Is it hot or warm or cold? There's not much I can do about it. So I'll just go there and, and enjoy driving. Maybe you should just cut the testing out, Roman. Just never test again. Just don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Something I said after qualifying Mid-Ohio, I was, I was disappointed with myself in Mid-Ohio because I made a, made a mistake in, this, in the last lap and so qualified like 18th or 19th. I don't know where I was. And I was, I jumped out of the car and I was telling to Dale and Olivia, says, oh, we shouldn't have come testing it last week. The track was so different. All the work we made actually didn't work in quality. And it was quite funny. So Dale was like, oh, okay. So we don't go testing anymore. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that works. <laughs> I just wanted to take you back to the, to the comments you kind of made on the, on the street course element of things and where, where you feel the, the kind of progress is to come there. Cause there's so many aspects to, to street course racing that people maybe in Europe or, or even people who don't really follow IndyCar that closely probably don't really understand how quick the track sort of develops over the course of the weekend and how that changes your setup and adapt into that. And just from a driving point of view, obviously it's really different as well, but wh- where do you think the gains are to come from there? You know, we know you've made some, you've took some swings with the setups to try and improve things. And sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't, you know, how much is, how much is this kind of you adapting as a driver to the street courses and maybe improving the, the setup on the car? Yeah, I think we we've made some big setup changes uh, from St. Pete to Detroit, and then Detroit one to Detroit two. And I think we ended up at on the second race in Detroit was good baseline. Um, couldn't couldn't show the speed sadly in the race, uh, but quality was you know was was okay. And then um, in the race, I think we were we were having a good car. So I'm hopeful that our baseline is good. Obviously, there's one thing in IndyCar that, that is the key element is the dampers. It is where you've got the freedom to develop as much as you want. And that's probably why I feel like a smaller team has got less uh, resource to, you know, to develop those dampers, um, which is totally normal. So in a way, we don't get lost with crazy technology or improvements. But on the other way, I feel like sometimes when and it's very bumpy or it's poor grip or it needs a little bit of a help from there, we are... Uh, we maybe not as strong as some some other teams. Uh, saying that, we've been on a shaker since uh, since Detroit. Find uh, Olivier, find a little bit of uh, of performance. So hopefully that's uh, that's going to be good in Nashville. The legendary Olivier, he is unbelievable, isn't he? What a great guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Roman, you said um, you would come back and talk with us later in the season, and you have. And we're really thankful to you and, and Dale Coyne Racing as well for for making you available. And yeah, we hope we can have you back on later in the season, and that uh, Nashville goes well, and, and so does the the kind of second part of the season here. Awesome, thank you. Welcome back, everyone. JR and Jack Benyon here to sign off the show. We haven't really discussed Nashville in any great detail, although Roman did refer to it in our interview with him earlier on. It's kind of emerged as the one of the epicenters of US motorsport in a matter of months. Kind of gone from zero to 100 real quick because we've got SRX has been there. We've had NASCAR there at the Super Speedway and also having their kind of end of season banquet there again. And it's uh, obviously coming, IndyCar's coming to, to downtown Nashville. So the event there is going to be based around the, the Tennessee Titans football stadium. Uh, it's obviously a new venue to the IndyCar series and features a, a really interesting kind of drive of the Korean War Veterans Bridge, which is going to have divers underneath it, which don't know about you, Jet, but that just that feels all 1960s Monaco to me. And obviously, I'm really <laughs> obviously we don't want any any bad things to happen and we absolutely don't want any sort of uh, any any crashes or anything like that. But it, it feels quite retro motorsport that we've got divers in place and things like that. It doesn't feel like it's something that should be happening, you know, these days. But yeah, they've done a great job of the 
the safety of the track, everything there. And it's been uh, it's been being built for for quite a few months now. I know Jason Rittenbury and his team behind the scenes there are doing a really good job of promoting the event around the the kind of downtown area. There's sort of billboards up at everywhere you go, and it's kind of really well promoted out there, which is which is great. And I know there'll be uh, IndyCar fans listening who wish their kind of race was promoted as as well as as this one has been. And it just seems to be a bit of a a bit of a juggernaut that keeps kind of gathering momentum with the various celebrities that are involved and you know, Justin Timberlake and people like this. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of um, emerged as quite a, a huge event on the calendar before even kind of having a race there. So what's, what's your thoughts on the track, Jay? Obviously we've both had a chance to, to kind of look at the, the, the layout. Neither of us have been on the HPD or the Chevy Sim, so we're not really sure about the, the kind of bumps they're anticipating there or, or how that's all going to work. But we've seen the layout of the track. We know kind of roughly what to expect. What, what's your kind of thoughts on the track as a driver? What, what are you kind of expecting to see from there? Yeah, well, I think just to, to comment on, on Nashville in general, uh, you know, a lot of what you had said, it's cool just to see, in, you know, particularly in the United States, you know, like Roman mentioned, the country is so big. There's all of these places that, um, you know, you, you see, you see events like this and things like this start to kind of spool up. I think just from, you know, for whatever reason, there being some catalyst that you recognize there's a real, a real base of people that are in a, some particular area of the country that, that want, want some racing, you know, and, uh, you can see how excited all the different drivers get about obviously this is sort of uh, Joseph Newgarden's, you know, hometown. And and so on the IndyCar side, you have things like that, but it was interesting, the whole dynamic of Chase Elliott doing the SRX race, basically just to make the point that they should be racing there in, in cup cars, you know, in NASCAR more frequently. So uh, I think all of that's cool to see. And um, it's always, it's always nice to, as, as race fans, as racers, whatever, whatever angle you come at it, uh, it's always cool to see, places like this that just sort of instantly have a racing vibe to them and people seem excited about about having these kinds of events so excited to to see nashville go down it was an event that i was planning to be at i'm going to be at road america instead for the imsa race but looking forward just to checking it out as the as the weekend goes along you know my impressions of the track you know you mentioned all the kind of heavy hitting items um you know the first first whole section of the track kind of corners one through six are through the parking lot outside of uh, the stadium and then going across the bridge, sort of the short run across the bridge from six to seven, a really tight section of the track corners seven through 11, um, like super, super tight. So that's the, the, that stands out to me just as an area where, you know, if there's an accident, that that's a place where you can get bottlenecked really quickly um, through that whole, whole area. It'll be interesting just to see over the course of the weekend you know, I, I, Tony Cobman and his team have always done an awesome job with with track construction and designs and all this kind of stuff. But it'll be interesting if they're if they make any small adjustments just to curbs and where walls are and and that kind of thing um, over the course of over the course of an event. But then they get back onto the longer version of the bridge straightaway coming into um, where I guess the start finish line and the f- the start line and the finish line, a, a bit like where how we have at Mid Ohio, are in different places on the track. Yeah. Um, so you'll have the start line coming into turn one from that side, but the finish line is actually I think between turns three and four, or four and five, or something on the pit straight. Um, but you know, a, a long straightaway out of a out of a tight corner, long straightaway um, into a pretty. It sounds like quite a wide entry. Um, into turn one. So 
I think we'll, from a racing perspective, uh, you know, we're definitely looking at two pretty long straights out of tight corners into tight corners. So the, those should make for good passing zones and good passing opportunities. Um, we've heard from a lot of the drivers that it's pretty rough. So that just tends to open the door for little mistakes and maybe some tire deg that fits into, uh, you know, being able to see some passing happen, despite the fact that there are some sections of the track that are quite tight. Um, and you know, the other thing that stands out not that it as drivers, it's kind of just whatever, it's just another track, but, um, it is an anti-clockwise, you know, layout, um, counterclockwise for our American friends, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, Laguna is the only other track we go to outside of the ovals for the rest of the year that, that is that direction. So just, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of a different, you know, you might be feeling those left side neck muscles a little more than you normally do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think everybody's definitely anxious to get there and, and actually get on track and, and see what it's like, um, in real life. You know, we've, we've heard a lot of guys over the course of the year, particularly, you know, some of the, some of the rookie drivers talk about just the difference between the simulator and real life, just in terms of all of the sensations that it gives you. So, um, everybody's in for a bit of something fresh when they get on track. Is the is the surface going to be the the kind of big sort of decider here in terms of you know lap time? Do you think because if you look at the track on a you know if you're looking at it as a picture, then it looks relatively straightforward in the sense that it's you know quite it's four or five square turns, a kind of small intimate you know first section, and then two massive straights. So when when you say that out loud and you think about it kind of logically, it doesn't look like there's a lot of time for these guys who are already you know down to the thousandth of the second between each other. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of area for them to, you know, kind of deviate here. But then when we think about the, obviously being up against the wall and just the the bumps and stuff that we're going to see in various places, uh, they're going to be the big deciding factor that really mixes things up here because otherwise it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of, you know, anything that's going to be too difficult that these guys aren't going to iron out in the, the kind of two practice sessions that, they're, you know, they're all going to be well up to speed by that point. Yeah, I think, you know, when I when I look at tracks like this, you, you kind of just sit there and go, okay, well, a big piece of it is going to be who gets the tire to work uh, against whatever the sort of pavement aggregate is, what, whatever the track surface looks like. And if there, are track, if there are slightly different track surfaces in different places, I mean, I can imagine, I don't know from looking at any of the pictures, but, you know, I can imagine that maybe the the sort of first section of the track, which is outside the arena, you know, versus when you're across the bridge, like those could very easily be different sort of types of pavements that you're dealing with. Um, you know, the biggest thing when you go to these street circuits is if you can build enough, you know, as the track is gripping up, they start out low grip. Can you build enough just stability into the car so that you can really attack it? But then at a point you really need for the front, you know, particularly with how tight this track is. And there are just a lot of like 90 degree corners. You're going to need the positive, the, that positivity and reaction from the front end of the car to really get the lap time out of it eventually. Um, so that, that may not be the most critical factor right away, but, um, as they get one session under their belt, halfway through the first session, you know, you can imagine that that's what, that's what teams are going to be looking for. It's certainly the way that it is. It's at places like St. Pete where that whole kind of four, five, six, seven, eight complex, um, through the middle of the track, it's tight. If you don't have the front of the car working, you're just going to be slow through that whole section because you can't maintain the minimum speeds. Um, so I think that that's, 
you know, who can, who can get the balance, um, is, is going to be a piece of it, but, but that starts with just getting the car to work on the pavement and, and whatever you need from the damper package and, and whatever it is to, uh, to get that fired up. So, um, I think that's, that's mostly what teams will be looking at. Cause like you said, at least at a glance, the circuit itself doesn't seem there, there's no specific place. It's like, Oh man, that's like a, that's a crazy section where there's lots of compromises in line and you're going to see lots of guys doing different stuff. I think it's going to be more, um, you know, who can just really get the tire to work and extract the most out of the car. We'll both miss this uh, event for various reasons. I'm still uh, struggling to get into the US, to be honest. And you're going to be, uh, you referred to your little uh, race outing that you're going to have. So tell us a little bit about that because that's the more exciting of our two reasons for missing Nashville. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> nice to see you back out in the car. Tell us tell us what's going on there. Yeah, jump, jumping back in. Um, just going to be uh, racing in the GTD class in, in IMSA. I did that uh, earlier this year um, with a, a sort of, friend of mine, Don Yount. And so we'll be jumping back in, uh, the Audi R8, uh, GT3 car at, um, at road America, which is just kind of one of those, like one of those circuits that you don't pass up chances to go drive at basically. And I think they, they raced at Watkins Glen, um, with a different lineup. I was supposed to be doing Pike speak. So I didn't, uh, I just, they'd kind of made plans already assuming that I wasn't going to be available for that event. Um, and the car definitely looked, it looked way more competitive, um, from Daytona. So sort of fingers crossed that we, that we're in the right, you know, BOP balance and, and whatever to be in the mix at road America, but, um, looking at petite at the end of the year, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, road, road Atlanta is another one of those tracks that like when you're, when you're on the open wheel ladder, you, you know, the last time I raced there, I did the Atlantic race there in 2008. It was the last time I drove anything there. Um, just cause obviously IndyCar doesn't go there, but, um, one of my favorite tracks just from, from growing up, um, racing two liter and all that kind of stuff. It's just such a rad place to go drive like anything, basically anything that's like remotely fast. Um, so some, you know, I think some opportunities to get back in, back in the race car at the end of this year, there's, there's been a little bit of talk, um, you know, about getting back in the IndyCar at some point. So we'll see how that shakes out. But, um, yeah, got some got some racing to look forward to. So giving us a race podcast exclusive there, Joe. I was going to be hundred <laughs> percent is going to be back in IndyCar. That's what I heard, and I'm getting excited about it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a, a little break now since we had the the last race, but there's been plenty happening on the race. So there's many features to catch up on on the website. Make sure you head over there for our in-depth features that we offer. There's a behind the scenes look at Roman Grosjean's gateway test with his engineer Olivier Basson that we mentioned. Olivier is always great for just a bit of honest feedback as to how things have gone. And you always know straight away from the first 10 minutes as to whether it's been good or bad with him. I think, uh, well, at least I think I can kind of read his, the tone of his voice and how he kind of talks about things that you kind of just know straight away, whether he's uh, happy or, or kind of a little bit, maybe uh, negative about things. And he was definitely really happy with how Roman had got on and, on the oval. And obviously we didn't really talk about that with with Roman, but you, you'll know this, JR, that it's such an important thing for a driver who's coming to an oval for the first time to be able to trust their engineer. We wrote about this on the website with, in our feature with Olivier because there's so much Roman won't understand about how the car's asymmetric and what different changes will do to the car. And his a lot of the, the kind of development Roman's going to have is the feedback, the quality of his feedback is going to be really important, but also how Olivier interprets that and makes the changes to the car because Roman's just not going to have the knowledge at this stage to be able to suggest what they should be you know, fundamentally doing to the car. So that's going to be a big part of 
you know, their kind of relationship moving forward towards Gateway and how Gateway plays out. So definitely go and have a look at that feature. And we've got a few more IndyCar features for you to read as well before the, the next round at Nashville. Elsewhere in the world of the race, there's a new Bring Back V10 series, which is a podcast that celebrates a classic era when Formula One was loud on track and off it and when JR was driving the cars, which is always a good thing. <laughs> you can definitely go and search out a feature on JR driving a Force India if you want to on the website as well. I definitely recommend that. But the downside is I wrote that. So it might be less entertaining than some of the other Formula One content on the website. But there's some trade-offs. Yeah, there. yeah. There's always yeah. a downside. There's always a downside. <laughs> you can access new episodes to the Bring Back V10s podcast early if you sign up to become a member of the Races Members Club. Uh, being a member of that includes loads of special content, early access specials, exclusive trips, shop discounts and stuff like that. So that's always cool and worth signing up for. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review our IndyCar podcast. It's great to be back with JR and we'll be back next week to review Nashville and Road America where JR is going to win his class in the Audi. And there's going to be a really entertaining Nashville IndyCar race, we hope, and there'll be plenty for us to talk about then. So make sure you're back and join us then and we'll have more IndyCar coverage for you then. Mm-hmm.